welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. And joining me this evening, um, I've got the wonderful poet, host of Lyrical Sanctuary at UWM. Uh, she works with the Running Rebels Community Organization. Um, she's uh, got a lot of really neat things going on in the community, and I'm excited to talk to her about her passions her artistry and why she does what she does. Britt, thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. A little tired, but that's because I'm old. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm good. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. Um, I'm also kind of tired too. Like I was pulling the Zoom up just now and I started yawning a little bit. So yeah. <laughs> I get kind of tired, like, early, like, I don't know, I, I'm usually in bed by midnight. Okay. Yeah. I'm usually in bed, like, a little later. I'm a total night owl. I think I only program my, my body to need, like, five hours of sleep, because if I go to sleep at midnight, I'm probably going to be up at, like, five. Just <laughs> <laughs> looking around, like, oh, hmm. Yeah, like, oh, the birds are chirping, the sun's not up yet. And I have no really, I have nowhere to be right now, so why am I up? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you do today? Um, I worked, and then I worked some more, and then um, I had... A couple more uh, Zoom calls, Zoom meetings, and here we are now. Um, all right. Well, so, Britt, uh, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And um, I followed your work for uh, some time now. We've been friends on social media. Um, I feel like I say that to so many of my guests. Like, I'm friends with all these people on social media, like, before I meet them in person. And it might, the show will be the first time getting to know them. Um, okay. You know, so it's another, another um, case of like being familiar with you. Um, so uh, I've talked, but I've talked to a number of other poets on the mm -hmm. show. Did you, uh, were you like, um, I forget what she calls them, but did you uh, work with Dasha at all? Yes, um, I worked with Dasha. Um, for the adult open mic fantastic so so yeah we're the so we're the kind of grassroots um for that back in 2013 um i had connected with dasha year, years prior to um and then i started going to support like you know the high school slam uh, uh, when they would do some showcases and things of that nature uh, when they would have little kind of open mics here and there uh, for the young people and then just having people to just kind of come and encourage and whatever and be there to support. Um, and then um, she hit me up out of nowhere, like on a Monday, like, hey, how would you like to host like an adult open mic? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Surely you've asked like five other people and they just, you're just waiting on a, on a call back, like you want me to host? And so um, it'll be seven years old in October and I hosted it for the first like four years. Mm. Um, yeah, and so I'm uh, excited. Um, shout out to Unique and all of them involved who who do it now. Um, 
kind of like, you know, they took it on and just, you know, continue to make it amazing, even in the virtual sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, and Dasha's like, you know, that's my big sis, so. Yeah, she's, she's so funny. She geeks me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Unique is awesome as well. Um, yeah, like, every time I have a poet on the show, I always walk away from it inspired, you know. Um, <laughs> so that being said, Britt, uh, I guess I'd love to hear a little bit about your own origins with um, poetry and when um, turning um, words into art, uh, when that became a creative outlet for yourself growing up. So I've been writing as long as I could remember. I remember being at Golden My Year, um, the fourth grade, and um, in one of the teachers' rooms at her club, she had the poetry club, and I was, you know, I was a part of it. And that's kind of like one of my earlier like remembrances. Um, I remember writing like trying to write short stories while in middle school. And so, and I was still writing a little bit more uh, when I was in high school, but when I got to, uh, I used to go to UW Parkside for three years and um, I was writing more. We had this organization called the Black Players Guild or BPG and we would meet on Monday nights and we would occupy like three classrooms, uh, one lecture hall that had a piano in it. Um, That was generally with the singers, Uh, another room, they had the writers and another room that had like dancers. And honestly, I started with the singers. Um, I used to be a vocal performance minor. I did all the uh, competitions um, in high school. And so, um, and in college, I assistant, I was assistant manager to a play in college and um an opera in the same semester. So um, so I did a lot of that stuff. And um, so I used to like be with the singers before I actually got like with the writers. And eventually I moved over to the writers. I was right, you know, around that same energy, just writing like every week, sharing our, uh, our, our stuff with each other, you know, just growing. A lot of them are like old notes on Facebook now. Um, I can see my growth for sure. Uh, but I was just trying to like anyone who wanted to, to read or listen, like I had like, you want to come over to my dorm? I have a, I have a poem. Yeah. <laughs> I just wrote something and I just want somebody's like, um, uh, thoughts or whatever. And, um, when I transferred from Parkside to UWM, I think that was my first time. It was the next year, 2010 when I uh, went to Lyrical Sanctuary for the first time. I had never heard of this. Didn't you know, excuse me, what it was. Um, but prior to that, my last semester uh, at Parkside, I remember being in the library and I was doing homework and I needed a break. And I was watching uh, Def Jam Poetry and I saw Milwaukee on there. And that's, when I, that's my first encounter of Dasha Kelly Hamilton and uh, Dan Vaughn, and I was like, wait a minute, Milwaukee? Milwaukee, Wisconsin is on Def Jam Poetry? Nah, that don't make sense. And I'm like, what's happening here? So I didn't know anything about poetry, unplugged or anything. I was just, I was floored. Um, But when I went to uh, Lyrical Sanctuary for the first time, um, I remember I had this lime green with white letters shirt, 
saying taking them to the streets. I used to be part of a street ministry. So like I got Jesus on the back and I'm just so excited to be here. It's like around Valentine's Day. And of course the the um feature was Dan Vaughn. And I was just so like, wait a minute, that's the guy that was on the screen. <laughs> oh my God. And so um I was there, showed a lot of love. I was so excited. I was like, I couldn't believe that this was a thing. Like once a month or a semester, the whole public can come out. I got to keep coming back. And so I did. Um, I was coming sporadically. Then I started coming more. Um, I started going to Poetry Unplugged. I got plugged into that. I was performing a lot. And then I took a hiatus um, just from some personal stuff. Um, wasn't valuing myself much as a poet or just I just was just questioning everything about myself being a writer and so I had to went on a hiatus and um you know people participate in the Dirty 30 the uh National Poetry Month in April and I think that year that I did it was in 2000 yeah it was in 2013 I got all the way down to like day 27 or 28 and I remember just kind of looking up saying like okay God if you give me a platform I'll go because I was just not doing anything and I was just over it and then all of a sudden opportunities start coming. I was like, wait, that's too soon. I didn't, I didn't mean like in that moment. I was like, just <laughs> yeah. bear with me. And so the the first thing I remember doing when I got back was when I got back into the scene was at UWM they had they was doing a, a an event around the Africa diaspora and they needed four poets. And I didn't even know that my cousin was one of the poets at the same time. So when we showed up and saw each other, it was like Girl, yeah. and so it was me, her, uh, Genesis Renji, and um, my boy Akatunde, and that was my first kind of smooth back in there. And then Lilo um, was also the first one of the first uh, student features at Lyrical Sanctuary, so I was going to support her. And she's like, "Yeah, the way you show support to me is if you perform." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" So I did that. It was amazing. I had never seen such an attentive audience. Um, a lyrical sanctuary was at this point being, you know, overtaken by uh, rappers, upcoming rappers, and so, um, so to get back into the groove of like poetry and spoken word was just something that like they were missing. And at the time, my big brother Maul was the um, host, and he was like, "Lilo, this is your cousin," and she was like, "I told you we do this." And he Maul, like, uh, Maul himself. Yes, yes. Oh, love um, Maul. He's he's amazing. Yeah. And so um, he, you know, he was like, if you don't come back, like, I'm coming for you. Mm. And I was like, okay. And so I started coming back more and more. And um, eventually I became a student feature. I think I was in the second year. Um, and then at some point in 2017, I was the, uh, the October feature. And then uh, I had lost my mom at the end of October of that year. And so I had kind of taken a break from everything. So I, I, the end of 2017 was my last host in Pentastic. I just needed to just kind of regroup. And then in 2018, they were like, oh, we've been talking about you. You want to host Lyrical Sanctuary? I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just yeah. kind of all like full circle. So I've been, you know, and, and I've been doing this professionally uh, for over seven years now. And, but, you know, it's just, it feels like a whirlwind. Like I just, I, I still don't really feel like a, like a true artist sometimes. I know I'm an artist in my city. I know that I'm really connected to a lot of people and people remember from performances, but it doesn't always click for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just very grateful for the, for the opportunities to, you know, to still do um, what I love, make an impact and all that great things. And so, yeah. 
sorry, I, that was very long-winded. But that no, is, no. That is that kind of in a nutshell. That's a very simplified version. Of sure. Sure. No, no worries at all. That was, um, it all made sense. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Uh, that's really cool. Like, you know, that um, it seemed like it was like a, it became an outlet for yourself that like, you know, you definitely like um, stepped away from it times, but like you never walked away from it. Right. And right. it always like came back to you. Well, that's what, so, so I'm just trying to help people like find value in their voice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what it comes down to. You know, we're always getting compared to somebody or something and you just, you know, you lose your identity if you get consumed in what other people say and how they want to like, what kind of writer they want to make you and what kind of artist they want to box you in as if we're not multifaceted because we're just, you know, humans who yeah. feel different things and have different emotions. Um, and so um, I had to find value in my own voice and be like, I don't have to, uh, I don't have to be like anybody uh, else. I can just be me. Like you should never forget that you're seeing Brit, that you're hearing Brit. Uh, and so, um, and that's what, what that is. Like, I just, you know, um, I always have to remind myself of my voice. I don't want to get mixed in. And it's cool. They're like, oh, you know, you remind me of Jill Scott, um, <laughs> whatever, which is a compliment, you know what I'm saying? Which is, uh, which is a definite compliment, but I don't want to get lost in that, you know what I'm saying? There's just this, I have something that can hit people from the pulpit. I have something that can hit people from the, you know, from the, from the streets or whatever, you know, we got something for everyone, being versatile yeah. and, con- and connection. That's what, you know, that's basically what um, Pentastic is all about. You know, we were just, you know, building, healing and cultivating. So it wasn't about really entertainment at all. Like people are really trying to bear themselves in front of strangers, mostly, you know, trying to build with these individuals that they've probably just seen in passing, maybe wanted to say hi, but never knew when the, uh, the opportunity was right. And so somebody's like sitting next to you healing with these words like who knew that somebody was digging into my dear diary like whoa whoa wait a minute (laughs) yeah why are you up in my business you're saying this poem and you're all up in my business you know (laughs) and and then for those who you know cultivating you know getting familiar with the stage like i have stage I, I, i don't claim it but i don't really have stage fright i get nerves so my anxiety is always like on fifty thousand, and they're like, oh, good. I, could, I mean, they was like, oh, we couldn't even tell you were nervous. Yeah, that's the point. I don't want you to tell yeah. that I'm nervous on stage. And I just have to, I, I always uh, quote a uh, Q-tip saying, relax yourself, girl, please settle down. Like I say that whenever I'm walking to a platform, you don't have to, you know, players fuck up. You know, sometimes we stumble on our words. Sometimes we get stuck. Mm. I know what I'm saying. If that means we're going to start this poem over, like where y'all going? Y'all already, it's either a free event or you already paid to get in. Where are we going? Right. <laughs> and that doesn't happen. And that doesn't happen often, but I have to, you know, I have to say that to myself and for other artists, you know, coming up, because it's like, hey, you already have their attention. They're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Take your time, you know, um, and make sure that they get the full message. Don't let your nerves overtake the message. Yeah. yeah. Remember that you're here on purpose, that you work damn hard to get here. 
and that yeah. anybody else could be here, but you are. Yeah. So do it. Hundred percent. And then, you know, what I'm saying, and just and just let that happen as it happened, and you know, so um, using these words to build connection, to not feel so alone in this world. Um, it's a good feeling, you know. Yeah. And then people find they don't, I don't want you to write like me. I want you to find value in your own words, or like I love how you deliver it. That's great, but I want you to love how you deliver it too. You know, somebody needs to hear it in the way, in the form of it. You bring it. So, you know, if, but if you can't perform or deliver in a room full of 10 or 20, what are you going to do when it's 50 or 100? So you have to get uh, comfortable and acclimated to those small spaces. So that way, you know, once you, once you develop that groove and more at it, it's, it's, it's not intimidating. And so, you know, or you have to, and you, you could have a really great words, but maybe it's your stage presence. Like you don't look confident when you're saying these powerful things. And I want to feel that in your whole presence. Maybe it's just speaking loud or speaking softer or just connecting or not getting so engaged with one person that you forget that you have a whole um, audience, you know, that are also looking, you know, so, so, so little things um, to help in your performance or, you know, not shortchanging yourself. Mm-hmm. When it comes to asking for a fee, you don't have to perform for free if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it for exposure. Yeah. You're already exposed because someone recommended you. Mm-hmm. So somebody knows who you are. Yeah. Other people know who so I so just because that person who's heading the show doesn't know who you are, that's them then they need to get familiar. They should ask the person who referred you. Yeah. I mean, we just got to break that myth that, you know what I'm saying? Like, so when I worked, when I was, when I worked, when I hosted Fantastic, I think I had, it was one year I had features from like the beginning of the year all the way to like December. Um, I had, I got my first six months filled up within like two weeks. Um, and I made sure, you know, we were charging $5 at the door. Um, and me and one of my best friends who was like my DJ slash uh, the person who handled the door and everything, shout out to Sophie. Um, you know, sometimes we walk out with enough to get like a few things off the dollar menu. We're fine with that. But our features, you know, always got $50 for like 20, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, so you know for sure that you're worth at least $50. Start your right there. And as you develop more, to get more content, get more comfortable, you know, uh, more offers coming in, you can, you can raise that stake, but you know, you're worth at least at the very least 50 and you don't have to wait until somebody finally gets paid or whatever. It's the same day pay. That doesn't happen all the time, but this is, we wanted to set a standard that wasn't happening often, mm-hmm. you know, so that we wouldn't be like, oh, you know, feel like people feel like they're getting played or pimped for their gifts. Like that's not what this is. Um, there's too much talent and there's enough resources um, to go around where we all can eat, you know, so getting myself in positions to host um, like different events where I can go up here like, hey, can you get us like four or five other poets done? You know, I can, I have a whole roster full of all stars that I can go through. I don't, I don't use the same people, you know, and I take care of all the back end stuff. So I want to just make sure that I'm accountable so that they can get paid and do what they need to do. Just shine your light and everything else to be, you know, shine your light, stay purposed um, and aligned and everything else, honestly, will just, you know, work itself out. It, it, it becomes easy and enjoyable 
you know, it's just when the joy after the love is gone, you know, what does that look like? You know, when, when the joy feels more like a chore, then maybe you do need to pause for a minute. But, you know, thankfully at Pentastic, we've had people who hadn't written, let alone performed in like four or five years. But for some reason, that night they came, they felt so good and so safe and so connected and so, you know, and belonged that they were like, you know what? I think I'll share tonight. Mm. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's like, I haven't written in forever and I haven't performed. But for some reason, this just feels like a really good time to share. And I'm, my mind is blown because it's not something that I orchestrated. It's something that the community that we did we created that space together, you know, to be present and to be, and to really notice you and to give you our undivided attention because nothing else matters. That's something that a lot of people, especially art artists are lacking. You know, we perform at these places where y'all talking all over the place and things going on and thank God we have a microphone, it will never be heard. But then when the room gets quiet and really listens to you, you know, you're just like, that'll help you too, so. Yeah. I like what we've built over the years in our city, in this great city, we've, with these great people. I, I like what was what's happening, and I like what's happened, and I like what's still to come, even in a pandemic. So, yeah. period. <laughs> period. <laughs> You're, yeah, you. Thank you for sharing all that. Like that was. Um, there were so many golden things embedded in like everything. You just said like I resonate so much with um, for one like what you mentioned about how someone might walk into an event like that and not have the intentions of sharing or might not even have like the courage yet but there's like that empowering syndrome that empowering effect that that can um, that can um, draw somebody into feeling to finding that confidence and that courage in themselves to like where from watching other people and uh, watching other people like you know like own the, the stage and and uh, like take over the room with their words and with their power and their presence and uh, think to think think to themselves like you know what like that felt so good to like see that person do that. Like, I think like, I want that too. And like, I think like that, like inspired me to like go up there and say something like, that's a real thing. There's plenty of times. Like I remember like, it's like, any like there's times where I may have thought like I wasn't going to raise my hand, but hearing what other people had to say first, like inspires you to like, you know what i am gonna raise my hand i am gonna say something that's a real feeling for sure is pentastic still a thing yes um it's on wednesdays i don't know if it's i don't think it's every wednesday i think it's like a maybe a second or third wednesday um virtually hmm. but if you follow the retreat um the retreat mke all of their uh all of their events uh should be able to um they post okay. all the time so yeah cool and lyrical sanctuary still going on that's the plan um they just asked me to host again um so this will be my third season so september will make it two years that i've been hosting woot woot 
um, feels like a whirlwind. Like it just, it can't believe that's, that's what it's been. So it's going to be virtually. So we're actually going to have a meeting to kind of just flush out those details and see what it looks like um, and get all the logistics. But yes, um, Lyrical Sanctuary will be happening. Um, the first one will be in September. And so it's once a month. It's usually one of the first, no, the second Wednesday of every month during the semester. So September, October, November, December, and then February, um, March, April, May. Awesome. Um, so do you, um, the pieces that you've written um, over the years and stuff, do you like compile them and, into bigger bodies of work? So I am um, launching, uh, publishing a book that people have been bugging me for um, because I didn't think I'd be that artist to have anything. I was kind of like, if you're, you're either here to hear about it or then you're going to hear about it from somebody else. <laughs> um, but it's good. To, it's nice. It's time to give people what they want. So the book is called Moods, Melanin, and Magic, a Manifesto. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a collection of all these writings that I've done over the years. Not every poem obviously has made it in there, but it's a good chunk of them. Um, and some, some are, you know, I'm also going to be starting recording again of, so for like a poetry CD. And so a few of the, all of the ones on the CD will be in the book as well. Um, but it's, it's just, it's a different feel when I look at the poems that I've been doing for years, like verbally, to like just see them on paper, as if it's just kind of like, hmm. I wonder if I, if whoever's heard me do this one will read it in that tone, you know, because in my mind, I'm yeah. like, it's just different. And so, yeah, they are being compiled and then still trying to work on something else. But I try to keep them either in my phone, which isn't the smartest on your notes. I always email, I always tell people email yourself, even if it's one line or two words, just email it. You never know when you're going to need it again. Just, just email it. Combine five emails of one lines of one uh, liners, and that could be your poem. You never know, and they all in different times, not even in the same year, but somehow it makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, they're they are compiled and um, nice. borderline ready to go. Awesome, we love to see it. Were you like more of an English student growing up than a math student? <laughs> I think I was a little bit of both because I was unnecessarily a, over an overachiever. Mm. Um, but I probably, I probably would have preferred English to math more. Yeah. I just, I think I was just obsessed with math because if you have to break down everything you did and if I got something wrong, I'm like, how did I get this wrong? I <laughs> did, you know, like, it's just kind of like, you know, I was the, the student that was the problem because it's out of a hundred, I got like a 98. And I want to take the test all over again versus oh, the student that got like in 56, like, okay, Britt, let it go. And I'm like, no, because I've done this phone, I've, I've done this problem like a thousand times. I need to know what I did wrong. So, but yeah, I'm probably more so English. <laughs> okay. We probably would not have gotten along then in, in school because I was so bad at math. Like, I would be happy with like, a D on a test. You would actually roll your eyes at me like, what the fuck is her problem? I'm like, yeah. some of us want to get that hundred. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was the kid where it's like, if people are worried they're going to fail the math test, 
I'd be like, I think my idea of failing the test is a lot different than yours. You're worried about getting a B plus or some shit. Right. <laughs> I fucking hate math in, um, in college, though. I probably take that shit like probably four times. I'm like, why do I even need this? I count my money. When people waste my time, I count the minutes. Just kidding, I don't. I just like, <laughs> I don't have the time for like, why do I need this to graduate? It's so stupid. Like, leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was um, definitely more English oriented. Um, I chose a line of work where I had to do as little math as possible in school. Um, so I, I did study journalism. Um, okay. Which, yeah, which um, I think there are, we learn a lot about like using language to convey meaning and use artful like colorful figurative um phrases or words in order to like you know um attract someone's attention like similar way like from poetry to journalism like yeah words are so beautiful love words they can be they truthfully can they truly can be but they can also sting real bad too. Oh God. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, did you see yourself as a public speaker when you were younger? Yeah. <laughs> it was a. Uh, it was written. I was. It was always written. I can remember growing up in, you know, family members, teachers. She's gonna be the next Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> That girl, she's brilliant. She just talks so much on my daily reports. You know, Brit just won't stop talking. Well, I'm done with my work, lady. I don't know what you want me to do. I need to help my friends finish theirs. I can't help it if I'm the people's choice. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, you say it like it's a bad thing. So, um, but yeah, I've never stopped talking. Um, <laughs> I used to drive my mother crazy. She loved it, but it was like a love-hate thing. I would, we would leave out the house, and I would read everything, every sign, mm. everything from the time we left to the time we got to, to school. <laughs> and she was like, well, my child reads. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm sure she's had to turn the music up on me about, like, you know, 50, 11 times. Like, okay, girl, yeah. we get it, you yeah. know, so. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you were clearly, clearly on to something there. Um, I was, um, yeah, like, yeah, I did, I definitely wasn't a public speaker when I was younger. Like I was the type where like, I, I struggled with the eye contact a lot. I like looked down at my feet when I was talking or I looked down at the paper. Um, but taking some classes like public speaking and studying communication, like really helped me develop the charisma that goes into like speaking in front of people. Um, I highly encourage people to take classes and that kind of stuff because it can really boost your confidence. It can also help your grade. Like I was, I was not always the best in college or even in high school. I was like, what's in a grade? But I'm a charmer. <laughs> so like I could be at like a C minus, but the charm could get me like a C plus. Yeah, there you go. Right. You know? So, you know, yeah. being personable with the, with the teachers, like, it's just been a really, really tough few months and just 
<laughs> yeah, right. tech. If there's any way I can make up anything, just, just bring great some some sort of satisfaction. <laughs> it's a good voice. It's it's a good sad voice, right? Well, I think I, I mean I am a people person, and so I know how to read the room. I'm I'm very witty, mm. and so um, I'm quick on my I'm quick on my feet. So I'm, I'm used to awkward situations. I know how to navigate through them. Hence, being a host is like second nature just because I'm also a former uh, camp counselor for years oh, you know sure. you just, so you're just used to just people have always put me in the forefront for some reason I always want to be like in, sitting around sit down in the background and like nah she the one so you know you just turn on the smile I'm just like the welcome wagon like I don't have to be the one on stage I could just be like hi how are you glad you're here enjoy yourself whatever we're here for I have no idea I just said I would hold the door <laughs> and so here there you I go am. yeah holding the door you know i don't have to be that one on the mic i'm just here brit holding the door that's all i'm here to do are you doing a poem i'm holding the door that's my assignment i'm going to do it to yeah. the best of my ability so yeah the the charm helps you know yeah i, I seriously have said some shit and just been like girl what <laughs> and people, just, and people just went with it and i just be like oh okay like, oh god a good bser if i really need to be like i just you know yeah sometimes you just you, if you talk enough or just say something you can just really confuse the fuck out of people and just walk away it works yeah. maybe like 67 percent of the time don't do it all the time you won't be successful um yeah. but when you can say it, yeah when you say so much that like when you say enough for like people to just like only be able to process parts of it then it just sounds like you know what you're talking about no matter what it was you said exactly yeah exactly yeah it's how i live my life then amazing <laughs> give me a thing or two shit um so uh before we uh move on um i wanted to hear what uh something recent that you wrote uh something recent that um you know you turned into poetry you want to hear the poem? Uh, you don't, or just like, you know, something you wrote about, something that like might. Oh, okay. Uh, so um, in the beginning of the year, literally January 30, January 31st, January 1st, um, I had went to lunch with my, uh, with my sis, my sister friend, uh, Kanita, Kanita Hickman. Oh, I love Kanita. Shout out yeah. to Kanita. She's, she's so Imagine. amazing. Yeah. Imagine MKE. And so she was uh, talking to me about this guy um, that she was dealing with or whatever. And just, but like, as she was talking, it just sounded like, you know, it just sounded like poetry. And so um, I started writing like a creep, you know, just kind of like, tell me more yeah. and whatever. And I just, I turned it into this poem um, that she just absolutely loved. And, you know, and it just, it just, it was just really, really good to want to be writing just like organically and not have to like think about it. Like, and so all that anxiety to just produce something. And it just made me feel so good. Um, so it, yeah. And like, she loved it, I loved it. And I was just like, you know, all the girly feels just kind of like, huh, you know, this is what it should feel like, at least in the beginning stages or whatever. And, um, 
I've written, so I'm also a, a managed artist. <laughs> oh, wow. Shout out, shout out to my team, Rooted Society. Um, so I've written on a couple of their, like I'm on, I have two poems uh, on my boy Tay Spears uh, album that's soon, soon to be dropping. Um, I wrote something for uh, my boy Kalen Raps, soon to be writing something for um, Don J Live and I told my girl Liana Danae that I wanted to collaborate. She's an amazing vocalist, amazing vocalist, um, to uh, collaborate on something probably for my um, the project that I record. And um, so I've been dabbling, like you know, just like with that and doing little collaboration pieces. Uh, people are doing projects that you know hopefully will get released this year or next year, and have asked me to be part of. And so I've been just you know doing that to kind of fill some time. I also have had the honor in the last two or three years of writing poems for the people that I love who are getting married. Mm. And so currently, um, two people that I absolutely adore. I just told them yesterday, I said, I don't even know, I, like, I'm trying to write this and I'm shedding all the thug tears. I have no idea how I'm going to get through performing. You might want to just pre-record me because this is not going to work. They <laughs> 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 have way too much confidence in me, but it's such a beautiful honor to 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 be even be thought of to to do that saying like something that i've written was going to add to your special day your union mm. um and to be part of your you know ceremony like that it's not something i take lightly at all so um so it's so amazing like my mind is just blown that people would think that something that i had to say is exactly what they need to to make their ceremony or union complete that day um so it's yeah that's 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 really dope what i got going on right now oh yeah that's so exciting that is really really moving for sure um i also wanted to add that uh i do remember seeing uh kanita speak at uh ex fabula so i think i know what you're talking about like yeah she was yeah, she uh, said her piece. Good for her. The um, weddings are coming up. Yes, yes, it's actually coming up uh, in a couple, almost a couple, a little over a couple of weeks. Yes. So, I mean, it's not going to be memorized. They already knew that, um, and they're fine with that. They were more than fine with that. I'm just like, I'm a Pisces to the maximum. Okay. I am also just very an emotional being. Um, it, it takes no time for me to shed the tears about pretty much anything. I'm close you know. to you. I'm close to you. I'm a Capricorn. Woo! Yes. Capricorns. Yeah. Shout out to you all. Lilo, <laughs> Lilo, Lilo, Lilo is also a Capricorn. She is. Mm. That's, that's, why we, that's why we go together so well. It must be because she is my headache. My heart, that's she's more she's more like a little sister than a little cousin. I'd be like, good lord, how how does this yeah. work? But no, she's a she's a cap to the max. But yeah, uh, and she cracks. She they always say cracks at me. You know, if something happens and somebody does something for me, okay, Brie, don't start crying. Like, whoa, why do you always <laughs> gotta go there? Why do you guys always have to go there? Chill out. Um, but they're right. Cause I'm there's the flood on the inside, and it's only once those gates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a wrap. 
It's like a broken dam. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Literally. So, yep, that's that's how that is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just to keep it together. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't look at them when I do this. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to have like sunglasses. <laughs> um, well, best of luck. Best of Thank luck. you. You're welcome. I'll so um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Running Rebels, uh, what you do for them, and what the organization's mission is, if you'd care to share. Well, they've been doing, um, actually, tomorrow is our 40th anniversary. So mm-hmm. for 40 years, been like, you know, a main focus on mentoring um, the young people around uh, in the city of Milwaukee. Uh, they have, uh, they started off, you know, just even outside doing program. A lot of people know Running Rebels for like the basketball teams that they um, do in the games and everything. And Vic uh, is just, you know, he's just that dude. Um, this vision that has really just um, really impacted the lives of our young people who are, you know, now adults that, you know, come back and have either worked there or continue to do great things outside of that for so many years. And I'm so happy to be part of it, this uh, family directly. I've always done work with them indirectly because I'm a board member uh, for the Wisconsin Association for Child and Youth Care Professionals. And that's kind of, and I've been, I've been a board member for over eight years, um, but I've always, you know, I've worked at COA for almost 10 years. I've done, been a nonprofit work for as long as I can remember. And somehow, some way, you know, within the community has always been connected to this organization. So it was really awesome to um, be part of the team, like for sure, for sure. Um, the team that I, that I work with directly or indirectly, like everybody is just so dope. Um, they, they know why they're there. Yeah. Their heart's in it. Um, I've only been there since January 31st. And then once COVID had hit, I was furloughed and then, you know, brought back or whatever, thankfully. But, um, and so it was an interesting summer. We got through this, we got through the summer, uh, you know, through a COVID summer which is so weird, but we did it. Um, I was initially going for the arts and entertainment program coordinator position. So I am the arts coordinator slash rec supervisor for our central location. So um, aside from like just the summer program and everything, you know, we're doing the after school programming. Um, and then, you know, now going to be uh, assisting. We have violence-free zones within seven schools. And so they're going to be divided between, you know, our um, buildings to provide res- uh, tutoring spaces and resources for our um, students. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be, you know, so they're getting that all together. And so um, just keeping the work going because, you know, young people need outlet. They need to be able to come to these safe spaces that the staff, uh, especially shout out to our other director, um, Dawn, you know, about us like guiding from the sidelines. Like we're not telling them what to do, but we're just, you know, we're supporting them from the side, let them know that they always have us, that we're here, you know, always staying present and being, you know, open and, you know, honest and just, you know, and holding them accountable as well as ourselves, you know, like we're adults, but we don't always get it and we don't always get it right. And so uh, we have to always take a step back and remember that if nothing else. And, you know, when you have a team that gets that, it just makes the workday as hectic as it could be. Like we did it together though. Like we got through it. Like it was like really cracking chaos. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm exhausted, but it was such a great day. I wasn't exhausted because I had a bad day. I was exhausted because it was, you know, it was filled. Yeah. And, you know, you just kind of rejuvenate 
regroup and you get ready for the next day. And so they've been doing this, you know, growing this com this community, planting those seeds throughout the city of Milwaukee all over for all these years, doing that amazing work and then just realizing that, you know, we are products of mentoring. Someone or someones that did not get, that didn't give up on us, even when we gave up on ourselves or whatever, you know. Um, I've used to say that I had like four or five people with like imaginary, like, like there's a foot of my behind and it belongs to at least four or five people saying, hey, I believe in you. I'm going to be here to support you, but I'm going to be on you to make sure, you know, saying like, because you have a purpose to feel. You have to go here and, you know, what was so for you, you have to turn around and sew for someone else. We're cultivating change agents here. So no matter if they start start off in Milwaukee and they are anywhere from Atlanta to Bangkok, we they don't know that they came from Running Rebels or you know whatever organization that you know that they're going to. So this is our duty to get them and prepare them, you know, for this world outside of our four walls, for one, because we want them to be successful outside of our program. Um, but to let them know that there's always a space to come back to an opportunity, even to volunteer and eventually, you know, uh, that could lead to employment or, you know, however you want to do it. And so it's been um, really, really awesome. I mean, I've been working, so working in youth development, excuse me, for about 16, 17 years. You know, um, the formula is the same. Build genuine, authentic, healthy and safe connections, because that's a lot of a lot of time that adults have to be reminded, safe above all, um, be yourself, you know, remember your training, you know, and remember that what it's like to be a young person, trying to, I couldn't imagine being a young person with all this technology and all this uh, social media and everything, we were excited just to have AOL, you know, just, right, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and Black Planet and stuff like that, when I was in high school, that's what, you know, that's what we had, AOL Instant Messenger and Black Planet, and you know, I mean, I needed a, I didn't have, I needed a college ID to get onto Facebook at first. Oh wow, yeah. So that's how you know, and that was in 2006. So, and here we are in 2020. But you know, all that stuff just with everyone, you feel that, like, no matter if people working there for two years, eight years, 20 years, but you feel that what that thing that keeps them sticking around, uh, you know. It's not even about the money, but like the the impact, and and it's a twofold. I'm a better person because of, and I'm a, I'm a stronger leader because of the people that I surround myself by, and that's that's including the staff that I work with, that I have the honor to work with, and the young people I have a you know the privilege to serve. It's about them. That's it. It's about them. Without them, we wouldn't even have jobs. <laughs> like it's, right. yeah. it's about them. So. Um, and leaving this city and this space better for them who, you know, they can't vote right now. They can't, you know, they don't have a lot of rights or anything. And so we have to give them something to to be proud of or to, you know, we can't just let things happen to them. We have to care enough about their well-being to, to take a stand when things are not right so that they don't have to go up here and exhaust themselves to continue that work, you know, so investing in the youth investing in the education truthfully absolutely yeah how can folks support running rebels well i'm happy that you said that so tomorrow being our 40th anniversary um 
there's uh if they they can find us on face on facebook on social media and i'm sure there has links that they can donate like monetarily also for all of the walkers out there or joggers or bikers or whatever we've been doing a thing of to so celebrate 40 years um we're trying to accumulate 20 million steps Mm. And so uh, I put a message out on Facebook, but I'm gonna put another one out tomorrow and we're gonna keep doing it. Give us your steps, like screenshot what you got from the week or the day, you know, whatever. Just if they can send them to me and I'll send them to the right person. And we wanna, you know, so people can sow their steps to us, especially tomorrow. I'm trying to make this a big, massive uh, online experience. Like, hey, if, if you've ever been impacted positively by a runner rebels, you ever seen us do us this work, you know, out here in the community and everything like that. So us your steps, like we want your steps um, to help us reach our goal. And I mean, people out there are doing it anyway. So just a cute little screenshot from your phone or whatever, you oh, know, yeah. and, and, and flood my inbox so I can send them to the right people and they can get counted for. This is a community effort. And Runner Rebels has always been about the community. And so this is a, a great way to unify everyone. I mean, you ain't doing nothing. Either. Just screenshot. <laughs> we right. Just screenshot yeah. You know, so and th these, these are steps that you already took. So if you have something from the beginning of, of the month or what, you know, even the, the last one, send us your steps, okay? Love on us for 40 years so we can keep doing this for 40 more um, and beyond. Give us your steps. Send us your steps. We're gonna give you give you the steps, all the steps. Um via all, the steps. all the steps. Well, thank you so much, Britt. Um, thank you for sharing so much about your poetry, your visions, the work that Running Rebels does. And uh, yeah, I um I'm really um happy you could speak to me uh, and talk to me this this evening about all your work and um yeah, uh so as we close out. Um, I ask everyone the same two questions on our way out. Uh, Britt, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> Netflix. Yeah. Uh, and no chill. Because <laughs> I no have chill. No, <laughs> Netflix and no chill because I have none. Just my mind is always going, even when I'm like super tired, like now, if I even try to hit the pillow, I'm just going to start thinking about all kind of other stuff. So, yeah. Netflix yeah. And, so basically, like Netflix and like over overthinking just yeah. never like what have you been watching on netflix lately so i'm binge watching i've seen it before but i don't think i was paying attention before so i am binge watching the vampire diaries because i already binge watched um fudge nuggets what's the next one? Oh, the originals and then the one after that was legacy so this is a like they had a great thing going to these series but I was like, I don't really all the way remember the Vampire Diaries, how it started. So I'm on like, I think I'm about to be on season, I'm either on season five or about to be on season five mm. um, out of eight. I think I'm on season five now. So I can't even think about anything else. Like I'm not that person that can just go up here and just start like a bazillion different shows. Like I have to just be in it. Yeah, um, I'm the same way, yeah. That's I'm how I was, yeah, like when I was 20 years late watching the wire and everybody was just like what so i'm looking at all my <laughs> facebook memories for me binge watching it and like all the reactions i'm very very actually just like yeah i'm so. late i'm late to arrested development but that's what i've been watching oh my god 
It's My so. My favorite character is Joe Perry. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. I love when he comes out. He comes out. The final countdown. Love it. Go, 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 go. He's so terrible as a magician. He's so yeah. terrible. But yeah. I love how everybody's stories intertwine. And so it's so good. Yeah, I and love Tobias, Joe. Oh my god. I love Joe, and I love George Michael. I just love young Michael Sarah. Yeah. This is awkward, really like <sighs> uncomfortable teenager. And that mo- and that mother, yeah. I love. She's everything. Oh she's yeah, everything. Yeah, I've been watching it every day, and it is so fucking funny. I die. It's so good. That's why I love shit like you know, like The Office or. Um, uh, Parks and Rec, oh, or yeah. um, so one of my favorites though is Frasier. I could watch, Fra- like that's eleven seasons of good ass writing. That's oh, some yeah. good ass writing, like yeah. that and Monk and things like that. Like eleven seasons, people are not lasting eleven seasons. Do you uh, do you get this? So, yeah, I, I as a matter of fact, after I get done with Vampire uh, Diaries, <laughs> I might watch Frasier. Hell yeah! What um. <laughs> What puts you to sleep? If I finally go to sleep, when my, when my, uh, when my body shuts down, I'm like, bitch, we're yeah. done. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Brit, we're done. Just like, um, and I think a good music always helps too. Like, you know, just something soothing playing in the background or whatever. It, surprisingly, I'm very narcoleptic. Like, to fall asleep means it doesn't take anything to just really fall asleep. It's just that I'm so used to being a night owl that that's just what happens. But I mean, if I'm riding with somebody, I could just fall asleep. If I'm just fall asleep, like if I close my eyes long enough while you're talking, I'll probably fall asleep. Yeah. So that, which is why I keep blinking and just staring, like looking to the, staring to the camera, Brit, just looking to the phone. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lately, what's been putting me to sleep is um, I've found I sleep much better just so much more soundly in a cold room so my air conditioning on like the highest setting has been making my room like an igloo and i swear i slept 11 hours last night (laughs) yeah yeah i I usually keep mine uh i I put it on the automatic so like i'll drop it so if it's on 72 i'll try to or 75 i'll try to drop it to like 72 so by the time it gets to 72 then it'll cut off but if it goes back up to you know like so it's but it'll stay cold until that time. And so, and then I also have my fan on or whatever, but then I, sometimes I'm like, <laughs> and then, again, and then a few hours after sleep, I'm waking up like, <sighs> you know, just. <laughs> I know, yeah, no. I always like, I kind of talk, throw the com- comforter on and off. Sometimes I'm too hot for it. Sometimes I need it because I'm cold. Uh, thank you so much, Britt. Uh, thank you for being on the show. Um, and, uh, good luck, um, with the, 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 on your pieces for your friend's weddings. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for watching Mr. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for watching Mr. Nice Guy. We will see you next time.